Hi, welcome to Destiny Church's weekly podcast. We're a church located in Columbia, Maryland, right between D.C. and Baltimore. And we're so glad that you decided to listen to our podcast. If you're looking for a message of hope, purpose, and destiny, then you're tuned into the right place. If you have any testimonies of what God has done in your life as a result of listening to this podcast, please email us at stories at yourdestiny.church. We love to hear how God is impacting people's lives through what he's doing at our church. Now, prepare your heart and mind to hear from God as we jump into this week's message. John chapter 20, verse 19. So I can preach for three hours, right? Because like there's no parking lot to clean, no? No, <laughs> this is really bad. But if I preach too long, y'all can literally click me off and say, oh, that's enough church for today. So I'll make sure I stick to my time. But in John chapter 20, verse 19, and when y'all hear this verse, you're going to die laughing. But here it goes. It says, on the evening of that first day of the week, which was Sunday, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear for the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them the hands, his hands inside. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Watch this. They were locked in a room with fear. And Jesus stepped in that room just to tell you, I'm sending you. I'm not going to leave you locked in this room. There is, when fear is running rampant, there is a job that the church has to do. And Jesus said, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed. <laughs> Y'all, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to be irreverent all day. It's going to be nothing but jokes. Uh, don't be breathing your coronavirus on me right now, okay? <laughs> it says that he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Let's pray. Father God, we're grateful. We're thankful. God, that wherever we are, you're there. Because you said that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. God, we're grateful that we are covered by your presence. You're covering us. You're protecting us. And we're grateful. Speak to us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. We are jumping in uh, to week two of a series that we started last week called If Life Was a Movie. And uh, last week when we started this series called If Life Was a Movie, it was supposed to be kind of an analogy, but now life really feels like a movie. I'm telling you, y'all, laugh at me if you want. I am waiting for zombies to come knocking on my door. I'm waiting for skinny Will Smith to come running through the street with his, his spotlight. I'm waiting for Denzel Washington to say, stick your hands out. Are your hands shaking? Y'all never saw Book of Eli, right? It's a funny, okay. It was about the world coming to an end. And if people's hands are shaking, it means that they've started eating people because they've ran out of meat. That's a different story for a different day. I'm waiting for Jack Bauer to come with his trusty duffel bag and pull out his world-saving trip. This is, this is a trip, y'all. This is an absolute trip with this coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic, and all this other kind of stuff. And the way that people are responding to this is just unbelievable. I find that people are in one of two different camps. And I actually want to show you the different camps that people are in. So if you have that video, go ahead and play the first camp. This is the first camp of people. Many white 
their kids down, and some even sprayed them with disinfectant spray as they took them home Monday. It's messed up. The flu killed them old folks in Delhi, so what's up? We're going to die and we're going to... She says, so what's up? We all going to die anyway. <laughs> but yeah, she got trash bags on her head talking about, what's up, Corona? I got you. There, there's some people that say, this is not a game. This is serious. Don't look at me. Don't talk to me. If you cough, I will choke you. I am not playing games. This is a major deal. That's one camp. Let's play the second video. This is the other camp. <laughs> So we figured out how the virus started. <laughs> you have that camp that says, listen, this is just hype. This is just the media feeding a frenzy. It's nothing but the flu. It's not even as bad as the flu. They just don't have a vaccine for it. And I ain't getting all bent out of shape. This is complete foolishness. And I'm, can, I, can I be honest with you? Over the last three days, I've been in both camps. I've been in the, you're coughing, you are quarantined for life, get away from me. And then the, this is just hype, this is just hysteria, this is just a whole lot of different foolishness going on. But here's what I do know, that there is a spirit of fear that is sweeping across this country like never before. The Bible says in this passage that the disciples were locked in their room for the sake of fear. They were terrified by what was going on. And I'm telling you, it's a picture of what's going on right now. You're like, Pastor, I ain't scared of nothing. I'm in my house because the governor told me to be here. But I'd be out there in the streets. I ain't scared of nobody. Well, I'll just tell you right now, there's a spirit of fear that is sweeping across this country like never before. And the Bible says that Jesus, he didn't unlock the door. He stepped right through the wall. And his first words were, peace be unto you. I don't know where you are right now, but I have been praying over this moment that the presence of God would step into your room right now, that you would physically feel peace rush into that room because there is nowhere that you can be locked away that God cannot step into that situation and bring peace. I, I, I got some bad news. I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm not a scientist and I'm not a genius. I can't help you with this coronavirus. It, it's going to run its course. And it will be over at one point. I'll tell you right now, this is not going to last forever. There has never been a crisis that has lasted forever. I, I was talking to our leaders last night about how to walk through and deal with crisis. And here's what God gave me. He gave me uh, Psalms 23 verse 4 where it says, Yea, though I walk through. And he heed on that word through. We're not in crisis. We're just going through it. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley, watch this, of the shadow of death. What's the shadow of death? The rumors. The rumor of, I'm, I'm not dying. There's just this threat or this rumor that I could die. So yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Watch this. I'm going to take the, 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 the rumor seriously, but I'm not going to fear evil. Why? Because you're brave? No, because he's with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. If you remember me preaching a few months ago, the shepherd's rod was his journal. 
of, hey, here's all the different times that God has come through. There was something called SARS. There was something called anthrax. There was something called Ebola. There was something called Harvey. There was something called Katrina. There's something called 9-11. And he saw us through every single one. And the God who brought us through before is the same God who's going to bring us through this. So yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I ain't scared. Not because I'm courageous and brave, but because my God has never failed and he's never left me and he's not going to start now. Somebody say amen. Give you three quick points, but let me clear up some stuff. This virus is not from God. Well, you know, this is God. No, this is not God's anything. God, God doesn't do this. He is a good God, where is this virus from? It is a result of a broken and a fallen world. I'm, I'm getting into theology, but can I just talk for a second? This virus came from the same place that cancer came from, diabetes came from, death came from, all those other different, when sin entered the world in the beginning, brokenness and death came with it. That's why God says, I'm gonna take as much time as I possibly can to save as many people as I possibly can, then I'm gonna burn up this earth, I'm gonna burn up the heavens, and I'm gonna make a new heaven and a new earth that has no sickness and no pain and no death and no heartache. I, I hate to kind of say it this way, but this is kind of normal for a broken world. Make sense? But here's what we don't have to accept. We don't have to accept the fear. The fear 100% is of the enemy. The enemy tries to intimidate by fear. I think even calling it coronavirus, giving it a name. I was talking to my wife, Zai, yesterday, and I was just telling her, why do they name hurricanes? Why do they name catastrophes? They don't name sunny days. Come on now. They, they don't name great weather. It was 70 degrees this week. They're, we're going to call that day glory. That's, no, no, no. They name terror and they name crisis because it, it oh, can I not get too spiritual? It's almost like we got to put a name on that demon so that it increases the fear in our lives. So here's what I want to do. Some of y'all, I got too spiritual. Don't worry. We're going to stay on the wisdom side, faith side. It's going to be all good. Everybody going to be happy wherever you are. You're going to be happy at the end of this. But I just want to give you just three thoughts of how to deal with fear. Can't help you much with corona. God's got that under control. But I can help you with fear. And, and, and here, here's the thing that I thought as I was preparing for this message, that, that, that we're dealing with coronavirus right now. But there's some of you that you can care less about corona because you have a family member that's dealing with a major other disease. Or you're in the process of losing your business or, or losing your home or you're going through a divorce or whatever. Maybe you have a child that's sick or whatever it may be. And I've discovered that it may be corona or it may be something completely different, but everybody deals with fear at some point or some season in their life. And if God were to step through the walls, and I believe he is in this moment, and says, peace be unto you, here's what I think he would say next. I haven't given you this fear. I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but I've given you a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. The opposite of fear is not faith. That's a whole nother message for a whole nother day. The opposite of faith is ignorance. Hmm? 
I'm lacking faith is because I don't know how good God is. The opposite of fear, God said, is power, is love, and is a sound mind. And if you can hold on to power, love, and a sound mind, fear will not dominate your life. So three thoughts. And I just want to take that formula, and I want to work it backwards. The first thing is this. Don't lose your mind. If you are going to be anchored, not in fear, but in faith, you have to make a decision. I am not about to lose my mind. The sky, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. Oh, my gracious. Hey, y'all, the sky is not falling. I'll be honest with you. I started to get anxious and stressed this week. We, we were out of the country, and my phone is just blowing up, and, and, and decisions to make, and just the pressure of knowing that I'm responsible for so many people and have to make the right decisions. And, all. and I just started, not like hyperventilating, but I just started getting just a little bit stressed. And then all of a sudden, it struck me, no, no, I'm not about to lose my mind over this. God is in control, and I'm going to keep a sound mind. How do I do it? I remember... Probably about five years ago, we were in a situation where we owned a property in Woodlawn, Maryland, in Baltimore, and that's where we were meeting, and we had just announced to the church that we were moving to Columbia, and we were getting ready to take that step, and the building that we were in, we were selling that building, and the proceeds or the profit from that sale is what we were going to use to move to Columbia. So we're getting ready. It's Thursday. The closing's on Friday. Damon is sitting right here. He remembers the situation like it was yesterday. He knocks on my door and walks into my office. And y'all, he looked like he saw a ghost. And he said, Pastor, I just got a call from the bank. Um, the closing is not going to happen tomorrow. And it's not going to happen ever. The deal has fallen through. Now, mind you, I got up and sit in front of the church, and I said, God is saying we're going to Columbia. This is the word of the Lord. Wait, what did you say? <laughs> and it's so funny. He looked at me, and I said, okay, thank you. He said, Pastor, do you need anything? I said, no, no, I'm good. He said, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm good. And he didn't, he didn't even turn his back just in case I threw something. I don't throw stuff. But he was just like, okay. <laughs> He's like, just check it. Are you good? Are you good? Are you good? He closes the door, and I could just feel that fear, just what are we going to do? I get up out of my chair. I walk out to the back parking lot behind the building, and y'all, I started screaming in tongues. And I'm just, I'm just praying, and I'm literally saying, God, you said that this was the next step for us. God, you are in control. I don't know what is going on. I don't know what is happening. But a true story, the UPS truck came by to make a delivery, and he saw me. He thought I had lost my mind. And I said, no, I'm trying to keep my mind, brother. Don't worry about me right now. I'm going after God. And I tell you, a peace just swept over me. The phone didn't ring. Nobody said the deal was back on. Nothing physically changed. But spiritually, God says, no, no, no. It was never your church. It was always my church. Listen to me. It was never our country. It was always his country. It was never your child. It was always his child. It was never your parent or your great. It was never your business. It all, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. God says, it always was mine and I was always in control. I went back in my office. I sat down. Damon came back three years, hours later. He's like, you would not believe the bank just called. They said it was a clerical error. They made a mistake. The deal's back on. I was like, I know it is <laughs> because God is in control. If you're going to keep a sound mind, self-talk doesn't help. Being positive doesn't help. 
Only the presence of God will enable you to keep a sound mind. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says this, be anxious for nothing. Y'all, for nothing. Which means, and this is hard for me because I'm a little wired, it means there is no good reason to be anxious. Whatever, it's cancer. It's stage four. Don't be anxious. Because bankruptcy, the papers are already filed. Don't be anxious. There's no vaccine. They're saying we're going to be home quarantined until 2023. Don't be anxious. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. God says, don't come at me blaming me for this. Don't come at me with how could you do this, God. Come on, God, you're a good God. You've never not been a good God. And I'm thankful for what you've done in my life. Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all. How does it work? I don't know and I don't need to know. All I know is it's deeper than I can think. But it will guard my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus. It is through prayer that God gives us a sound. The world is coming to an end. No, it's not. And if it is. We get to go see Jesus, so it's all good. We win no matter what. So the first thing is I need to quiet my mind in the presence of God. But here's the thing. Having a sound mind is not just having prayer and peace. It's having wisdom. Like God has given us wisdom. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. One of the reasons why we don't have a sound mind is because we don't know what's going on, but we need to find out what's going on. Wisdom is of God, and prayer is not the only solution. Prayer is the first thing, but it is not the last thing. God has given us supernatural power to govern the supernatural, but God has given us wisdom to govern things here on earth. We need to have the wisdom. I found this. It blew my mind. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. I got to speed up. This is what the Bible says. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power from your home. Somebody say power. Power. And authority over all demons. And to cure. Somebody say cure. Diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So here's what he said. He gave them power over demonic forces. And he says cure diseases, heal the sick. Somebody say cure. Heal. It's not the same thing. He gave them power for both. That word cure in the Greek is the word, let's see if I can read this right, therapio. Yeah, if you just roll the R at the end, nobody knows that you messed that one up. Therapio. What does that sound like? Therapy. That word heal, I'm not going to say that one. It means to make whole. Here's what God said. He said, I've given you supernatural power to find cures, to use medicine, and to heal supernaturally. We've got this mindset that God is only a supernatural God and he's only an instantaneous God. No, 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 he said cure diseases and heal the sick. Sometimes God is gonna do things supernaturally and sometimes he's gonna do things through wisdom, but it is still God. And it is our job to pray, but also to use the wisdom that he has given us here on earth. So here's some wisdom about coronavirus. Wash your hands. 
You know, we wouldn't be having this problem if people weren't so dirty. That's re- <laughs> Wash your hands for 20 seconds. Can I, can I just give you some fun things that I've learned? Uh, washing your hands is better than hand sanitizer. Yeah. Everybody out here fighting and elbowing and clawing for this hand sanitizer. And hand sanitizer is never as effective as soap and water for 20 seconds. If you do go hand sanitizer, it needs to have 60% alcohol or more. I saw this meme of like this scary face. This is Corona laughing at your bed, bath, and beyond sanitizer that got 10% uh, alcohol and 90% sparkles. <laughs> It ain't doing anything at all. If you are sick, a healthcare provider, or you have a compromised immune system, you need to wear a mask. It is heartbreaking. Everybody went out and grabbed masks. Watch this. The people that need them can't get them. Here's what they say. You don't need a mask if you're healthy. You need a mask if you're sick. So that if you do call for a sneeze, it doesn't go any further than you. We're going to pray for you, but keep that with you. Can I give you something else fun that I learned? Those masks don't last longer than two hours. But they actually have a lifespan, and after two hours, they are useless. So you're flying through the airport. You've had that mask on for 14 hours. You might as well just be licking on the little railing like that little girl was. This is called wisdom. And here's a fear has this. I'm going to go out and get me a painter's mask, and I'm going to be okay. No, that's just fear. Stop that. Get a grip of your mind. Somebody say, get a grip. Get a grip, get wisdom, and get peace from God. The second thing is this, don't turn inward. How do I counteract fear? God says power, love, and a sound mind. Step one, get a grip on your mind. Do not let it run into rabbit trails. The second thing is this, he said love counteracts fear. Here's what happens when you're in the midst of a crisis, people instantly turn selfish. It's... what y'all need all that toilet paper for? Like, I just really want to know if a zombie kicks down your front door, if the world is coming to an end, is a clean behind the most important thing that you can have in life? I'm just really, really, really confused. People out there fighting for toilet paper. Like, this is going to be our bartering system. You know, right, as Corona really sweeps out, we're not going to be using cash anymore. We're going to be using toilet. You're not going to be able to eat if you don't got toilet paper. It's, People constantly, it's just, it's just inward. People get mean. People get nasty. Everybody's run to their house and locked them. I'm not answering the door. I'm not helping you. You can bleed out on the front step. I'm not looking at anybody else. But here's the thing. You instantly turn to self-preservation. And that is the place where fear compounds. Because here's what fear is. Fear is I'm going to be harmed in some way or my children are gonna be harmed in some way, or, or the things that I value are gonna be taken from me, or I'm out of control, and can I tell you what it is? Me, 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 mine, 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 mine. And as you're, it, this is gonna be bad. Fear is like you're sitting there and you're coughing on everybody. You're, you're compounding the issue. So how do I overcome fear? Stop being worried about what's gonna to happen to you, and start thinking about what's gonna to happen to somebody else. I can't, this is real. God is real. And he's really got you covered. And he's really in control. And by the way, if he wasn't real, you would really be in trouble anyway. God has covered you from things that you didn't even know. You've driven next to drunk drivers, people falling asleep at the wheel, and you are oblivious. You have no idea the things that you should have been afraid of. 
but you didn't know to be afraid of it because God covered you and didn't even bother to notify you. You're fine. Focus on other people. James chapter 2 verse 15 says this, if you have a friend who is in need of food and clothing and you say to him, well, goodbye and God bless. Stay warm and eat hearty. And then don't give him clothes or food. What good does that do? So you see, it isn't enough just to have faith. I know I'm a preacher, but don't throw no Bible verse at me. That's not what I'm trying to hear right now. You know, God's in control. I know he's in control, but what are we going to do? Oh, he's the Alpha and the Omega. And I said all of this in the last 15 minutes. It's all real. It's all needed. It's all where we start. But we have a role to play. He said faith is it's not just enough to have faith. You must also do good to prove that you have it. If we really believe that God's the Alpha and the Omega, we're not just going to be worried about our kids and our family. We're going to say, hey, what kids out there are going to be home by themselves this week because their families have to work? Can I bring them food? Can I be involved? What are the people that are older in age that are probably shaking in fear right now? Can I check in on them? Can I call them? Hey, you don't go to the supermarket. I'll go and I'll bring you a toilet paper. I'll share some of my toilet paper with you and all this frozen meat that I bought that I don't know when I'm going to cook this or whatever it may be. So here's my challenge to you. Don't get selfish. Think about somebody else. This week, check in on somebody, I can't get really specific, that does not have your last name. Well, my cousin married outside, no, 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 no. Like, think about somebody else that can't do anything for you. Whether it's just, I'm going to check in on somebody and see if they're okay. Can, can I prove Is there something that I can breathe? If you are in need, email us at info at yourdestiny.church. If your children need food or whatever it may be, we are committed to being the hands and the feet of Jesus. And hear me, hear me, hear me. We're not just focused on other people to meet their needs, but we're focused on other people to share the source of peace that we have. This is going to be really strong, but that's okay because this is just really different times. If you had the vaccine to coronavirus and refused to share it or to tell anybody, we would call you a terrorist. Hmm? So if we have the vaccine to fear, to depression, to sin, and to death, and we refuse to share it as Christians, what does that make us? The Bible says this in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. You don't just need food, you need Jesus. You don't just need toilet paper, you need Jesus. And can I say something else strong? You can't have my peace without taking my Jesus. I pray that there would be peace over the world. There will not be peace over the world until there's Jesus over the world. Because watch this, God, when he sends peace, he doesn't send peace. God, I need peace. What does he do? He steps through the wall and he shows up himself because God, peace is not fairy dust that God can throw out. Peace is God himself. He is the prince of peace. So I can't accept peace without accepting Jesus. So man, I want peace in the world. Then you need to give the world Jesus. 
Remember back in, in, in college, I was, I was a part of this ministry, and we would go out and, and, and just share our faith with different people, and a lot of people got saved in that environment. And I remember one time we were, we were, we were huddling up and prayed before we went out, and this guy, and, and once again, hey, I preach like this every Sunday, so I don't know why I'm apologizing. This dude was just weird. He was just one of them super spiritual, not too deep, probably not sound mind. And he said, Steve, can I talk to you? Can, can I talk to you? And a really bad breath, too. But he said, can I talk to you? Can I talk to you? And I said, yeah, okay, wait, what you got? He said, God gave me a word for you. And I said, no, God didn't give you a word for me, but I was a lot nicer back then. I said, what, what did God tell you to tell me? God told me to tell you that you're going to be humiliated today. That, that as you go out and share your faith, that you're going to be ostracized, that nobody wants to hear what you have to say, and you probably shouldn't go out today. I said, um, that's not God. Uh, Satan, <laughs> get behind thee. You know what I really said? I said, cool, let's go do this. I don't care. Somebody laughs at me. Okay, so what? You fail in English 101 just like I am, so what does it matter? And, it, and so there was just this like, man, this fear. And I had to make a decision. Am I going to go out there and face humiliation or am I going to hide? And I'm like, I'm not going to hide. I know what God has done in my life and I know how other people need this exact thing. So I go out and I sit down. And I said, Holy Spirit, give me somebody to talk to. And a friend of mine, not a friend, but you know how you know people in class and you've seen each other, comes and he sits down and we just start talking and, and it was just God. The conversation just gets on to religion. I said, man, I'm, I'm a Christian, believe in God. I can't remember the exact conversation, so I'm not giving you word by word. But it got to the point where he said, you know, I'm a Muslim. And I go and I, I pray, you know, three times a day or whatever it is and all that. And here's what I asked him. I said, what does your faith do for you? And he looked at me so confused. He said, what do you mean? I said, what does your prayer, what does your faith do for you? And he said, it does nothing for me. He said, I do this because this is what my God expects of me. I said, well, let me tell you what my faith does for me. My faith gives me a peace that surpasses all understanding. It guards my heart and it guards my mind. My faith gives me an acceptance that I don't need the approval of people because the creator of the universe has already accepted me and called me his own. My faith gives me a confidence that my future is good and my future is secure because my future is not up to these bad grades that I'm getting right now or my ability to perform. My future is in God's hand. And he said he knows the plan that he has for me, plans to prosper me and not to harm me. I'm I'm telling you, faith that does nothing for you is a waste of your time. I wish people had the faith that I have in this season. I wish you had the God that I have in this season. I don't know how you can make it through crisis without God because he is the source of everything that we need. Don't get selfish. Share what God's given you. And then, and then the last thing is this. So power, love, and a sound mind. The last thing we can't forget is power. Don't neglect the power of God. Here are the disciples. And this passage just blew my mind. The disciples are locked in a room because Jesus was crucified on the cross. And they said if they did that to Jesus, they're probably coming to us. For His whole ministry was we're here to preach the kingdom of God to the world. And as soon as fear struck, the disciples turned selfish. And they're like, man, I'm looking out for myself. Now, I just wonder, did the disciples stop at Wegmans before they locked themselves in the room, grab some toilet paper and some frozen meat and some canned soup that they're not going to eat? But they're locked in the room. And here's, watch this. They were locked in the room because they could not find the body of Christ where they thought it was going to be. 
They crucified Jesus, his body. Somebody say the body. And they put it in a room. And then when the women went on the third day looking in the room to feel, see if the body of Christ is there, the room was empty. And because the room was empty, they were overcome with fear. There are empty rooms all over this nation right now. Churches that have nobody in it. Everybody's online. Nobody's in the room. The body of Christ is not where people think they'll find it. And because the body of Christ was not in the room where they expected it to be, fear overcame them. But you got to understand, Satan always overplays his hand. He thought that by destroying the body of Jesus, he would end the kingdom of God. All he did by destroying the body of Jesus is making every one of us eligible to house the power and the presence of God. He didn't destroy anything. Actually, he spread God's power throughout the world and throughout history. And here's what coronavirus has done by shutting down physical locations. It has spread the power of God to every home, to every job to every community. God's presence and power is still at work. God has given us power and love and a sound mind. Get rid of this victim mentality. We are not waiting this thing out. This thing is waiting on the church to rise up and to say we are the house, the temple, the power of God. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says this, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power. Just humor me. Somebody say, I knew that. That works in us. Did you know that? Come on now. God's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we can ever ask, think, or imagine. Somebody say amen. amen. That works in us. We get so focused and excited about the power of God that we miss the part that it only works through us. Woo! Jesus said, it's better that I'm not on earth. I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who is not God with you, but God in you. Greater is he that is in you than anything that you can face in the world. And it is time for the church to rise up. I don't know what you're facing. You probably care less about Corona because you're grieving over a loved one that has passed away or your job or your business or your graduation or whatever it may be. Hear me. There is power from God inside of you to rise up and to take authority over that situation. How do I do that? In the name of Jesus, based on the power of God that is inside of me, the Bible says it's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. I command the angels of the Lord to encamp around my children, around my family, around my home. Sickness and death will not come close to my home. And God, we're praying for wisdom over scientists and doctors and people that are looking for the vaccine for this situation right now. God, I'm praying that you would give the church creative ideas to be a blessing to the community. God, you've given us power and we're not going to sit on it. We're going to use it. We are not going to be overcome by fear because God himself lives in us. I'm not going to be overcome by fear because I'm not thinking about Stephen right now. I'm thinking about how can I be a blessing to somebody else. 
And I'm not going to be overcome by fear because I'm not losing my mind. God's guarding my mind. And he's given us wisdom to take every step forward. I'll end here. Corona is now. Something will be next. It's called life. It's called living in a fallen world. So we just have to make a decision. Fear is not going to be my identity. I am not going to allow fear to dominate my life. I'm going to go through it because God is with me. Let's pray. Father God, we're grateful. God, we're thankful that there may be a storm that's going on, but God, you are in the boat. You're not concerned. You're not worried. You are fully in control. God, I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice. God, that you would make us less aware of ourselves, less aware of our problems, and God, more aware of you in the midst of our situation. Wherever you're sitting or standing, wherever you are, whether in your home or at work, wherever you are in this moment, can you pray this prayer with me? Say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Just give God a moment to make this time, to make this message personal to you. I particularly want to talk to people that you don't have the peace of God because you don't have God. And once again, it may not be this COVID virus. It, it, it may be the loss of a loved one that you haven't been able to get over. It may be that your business is failing. You've just been laid off. You're going through a divorce. Or there, there is a myriad of reasons why fear can grip your heart, but there's only one solution, and that's Jesus. There's nothing I want more for you than to experience the peace, the hope, the confidence, the security that comes in a relationship with Jesus. If you realize I've been doing life on my own. Pastor, I thought I was a Christian. I believe in God, but I don't have peace the way that you're talking about it. I don't have confidence the way that you're talking about it. I've strayed away, but I want that peace. I would love to introduce you to peace, and his name is Jesus, and he is ready to step through the walls into your heart in this moment. If you're, if you're saying that, Pastor, I need that. I want that. Right where you are, can you pray this prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for never leaving me. Thank you for never taking your eyes off of me. Thank you for finding the solution before I ever had a problem. Thank you for your blood that was shed on the cross that has the power to erase all sin, all mistakes, all heartache, and all pain. Today, I humble myself. I admit that I can't do it by myself. And I invite you into my life. Be my Lord, be my Savior, and use me for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Wherever you are, can you celebrate for the hundreds of people that just made the greatest decision ever? Thanks again for tuning into this week's message. If you want to learn more about our church, check us out at www.yourdestiny.church. Meet our leadership team, find a way to connect with our church, and partner with us through giving. You can also connect with us on social media by visiting our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. Tune in next week for another message from our pastor, Stephen Chandler.